This is the time, this is the place, and this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And since everything is geeky, if you love it enough, you never know what you're going to get. This is your host, I am C. Surprise, surprise, I know people are kind of expecting T or A or TNA. Some things, I'm going to keep going now. This week, (laughs) (laughs) we comparing and contrasting the classic Star Trek original series episode, The Trouble with Tribbles. And we're going to compare that with the Star Trek Deep Space Nine 30th Anniversary episode, Trials and Tribulations. After that, stick around for our upcoming events and our question of the week. Hello, Tanya. Hi, Christopher. Yeah, I'm going to get hit. It's going to happen. Billy no. Billy! Hi, Chris. Your character's oh. just going to die later. Oh, it's, you've been threatening me with that for months. It's never worked out for you very well. Also in the studio today, Tony is here. I'm here. Hello, Tony. I thought I recognized your foul stench when I entered the room. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Princess Leia, you are not. I know. Seriously, I don't have the buns for it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. You oh, like that one? Yes. And it's got to be a long on show. On the phone today. On the phone. We haven't done an on the phone thing in a while, but we have lovely producer Sherry. Say hi. Hi, Sherry. Hello. And with her, as always, is the bouncing baby girl. Hello, Monk. Hello. There she is. <laughs> and a long-lost voice in the wilderness. We have not heard from her in ages, but guess who's here? It is the legendary Sybil. Hi. There she <laughs> is. You're going to leave me hanging there. I'm like, oh, my God, we lost her. <laughs> How you doing, Sibs? I'm doing wonderfully well, just dog-sitting this weekend. I saw the pictures on Facebook. Is that, is that Bailey is the dog? Yes, Bailey, and then, then, then the one that got wet was, all, was Buddy. Okay, so Bailey and Buddy, and uh, Bailey is a cuddle monster I'm seeing. Yes. Yeah, because he's like, he, never, he doesn't leave you alone. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he's the kind, is he the kind of dog that when you're in the bathroom and you got the door closed, he's scratching at the door because he doesn't understand why there's a separation between you? Yes. Okay. Just My cats checking. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most cats are like that, <laughs> yeah. I think. Billy, Billy, how we doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Do you uh, have a good Thanksgiving? I did. I ate way too much. Uh, so good. Put up the Christmas tree on Friday. I, nice. I saw it was a, Oliver was helping, and yeah. Daniel's not too sure about no. what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel's timid about things, but Oliver, he wants to play with all the low-hanging ornaments and... He seems to have gotten it out of his way once he realized he really does want that Elvis ornament. <laughs> <laughs> I saw so, a meme. I saw a meme I, with the cat staring at the uh, the Christmas tree, and it's all with the, the eyes are big in wonderment, and ooh, the, the caption shiny. is, "Ooh, it's so shiny! I must murder it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hold on, I've got a picture for Billy. Okay. All right, you show Billy your picture, and I'm going to come over here to Tony. Did you know cats spend yeah. like a third of their lifetime uh, thinking about or trying to kill something? It's usually their staff. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not their humans, it's their staff. It's, it's their staff. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. their staff. Mm-hmm. Sherry, how you doing over there, kiddo? How's life at your end of the throughway? Who, me? Yeah, you. Um, okay, I've got, a, I've got some sickies in the house, and Uh-oh. that's never a good thing. But. Nope. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? We did. It was a very quiet Thanksgiving. I like those. Uh, you don't have to I do a lot of talking while you're eating. I don't know how to cook for less than an army, though. What's that? I don't know how to cook for less than an army, so I have so many leftovers, it's crazy. Mm. Well, it's a shame you couldn't come into town and bring some with you. Um, I, I suggest like a turkey shepherd pie. Ooh, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. We that's don't have that many idea. leftovers. I would eat that. <laughs> I wouldn't. The food's touching. 
Oh, see? Ah, <laughs> oh, we've got I one of those. about that. Yeah. yeah. It, it looks absolutely delicious, but, it, yeah, no. Yikes. Sorry. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I'm not a peanut butter person, but do you not eat peanut butter and jelly because peanut butter and jelly are touching? That's different. I do peanut butter, jelly, and then potato chips. Oh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> to give it that sweet and salty crunch on my my sandwich. I mean, oh I guess, God. but why? <laughs> because it's Tanya. Don't ask why. You Drink guys Bud Dry. eat garbage plates. I eat peanut butter and jelly and potato chip sandwiches. That's a thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like potato chips on bologna sandwiches. I, put d- I did on that when I was a kid. <clears throat> I, I just like nope. potato chips. No yeah, pretty much. No <laughs> They're perfect just Mustard. the way they are. Thank you, Billy. <laughs> perfect just the way you are. Anyway, before, oh I, before I massacre more Billy Joel. Um, I'm I think- know what's on my Amazon wish list for the next thing. Yeah, we're talking about that next week. I know. I, I am. I, 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 it's a Star Trek interactive tribble. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Is that like a Furby on crack? I have one of those. You have, I have a tribble. It was from... I own a tribble. And like, it's, from, it's got this little thing where you turn it on and it makes makes the noise that it makes when it comes into contact with Klingons, and seeing as Klingons are, like, one of my favorite <laughs> places in Star Trek, it just makes me so happy. And if, you press, defi- and if you press a button and leave it alone, it suddenly spawns 12 more toys. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it just seems to happen in our house anyway. Yes. Type thing. So. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to start talking about the two Tribble episodes in Star Trek history, uh, The Trouble with Tribbles, and Trials. Trials and Tribulations, the anniversary special that uh, celebrates the previously mentioned episode. So we're going to have some fun talking about something small, furry, and purring, and not a cat for a change. So we'll Nor be right back. There it is. Yep. That's a thing. You knew exactly what time it was. The first two notes, you know exactly where you are. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's It's a five-year-long mission. Keep going. I got nothing after that. Come on. (laughs) It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. You have too much hair for that particular speech. (laughs) (laughs) When you start saying continuing, then you're channeling next generation at that point. You have way too much hair for that. Yep. No, it was space, the final frontier. Yep. It's five-year mission. Anyway, (laughs) The Trouble with Tribbles is the 44th episode of Star Trek, the original series, the 15th episode of the second season. It was first broadcast in the United States on December 29th, 1967 on NBC. The episode was the first professional work of writer David Gerald and was directed by Joseph Pevney, Pevney, who was one of the most prolific directors of the series. In the episode, the Starship Enterprise arrives at Deep Space Station K-7 to guard a consignment of grain bound for Sherman's planet. On arrival, a trader named Cyrano Jones gives Lieutenant Uhura a tribble, a small furry alien life form with dramatic consequences. Captain James T. Kirk and the crew also have to deal with the arrival of Captain Koloth and his Klingon battlecruiser. But the tribbles unexpectedly reveal a plot to poison the grain. While initial fa- fan reaction to the episode was mixed, it was more popular with the general public. Uh, critical response to the episode was positive, and it was nominated for the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation. It has since been included in several Best of Episode lists and features. 
Trials and Tribulations is the 104th episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the sixth episode of the fifth season. It was written as a tribute to the original series of Star Trek in the 30th anniversary year of the show. The idea for the episode was suggested by Rene, and I'm going to massacre this name. Echevarria, I think, but I apologize if I massacred that name. And Ronald D. Moore were credited for their work on the teleplay, with the story credit going to Ira Stephen Bear, Hans Beamler, and Robert Hewitt Wolf. In this episode, Captain Sisko, played by Avery Brooks, and the crew travel back in time to prevent the assassination of Captain James T. Kirk of the USS Enterprise by a Klingon using a booby-trapped Tribble. It was the most watched episode of the fifth season. Trials and Tribulations was nominated in three Primetime Emmy Award categories and for the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentations. Woohoo! On top of that. All ties together. On top of that, there was a. uh, Anthony. There was another episode uh, directed in 1973, uh, directed by Hale Sutherland and written by David Gerald um, from the animated series. Oh, from the animated series? Yep. So they touch on Tribbles in the animated series, too? Yes, they do. It was uh, more uh, more Tribbles, more Troubles. Now now my brain just exploded because I forgot to watch that in the correct order. Uh Uh-oh. I didn't know. So so we had to watch The Trouble with Tribbles, then the animated series, then this one. Well, you would have had a hard time with this since your animated series is still on my shelf at home. Mm -hmm. I have to bring that back to you. I did not assign the animated series. (laughs) Yes. That's okay. We still love you. I had time to watch it, though. I didn't even know. Netflix. I didn't even know that it had the animated... Uh, I knew about the animated series, but I didn't know it had a Tribbles one because <laughs> Sherry and I were talking about this the other day. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, uh-huh, uh-huh. She was like, not a book club, this, 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 West Wing. I'm like, eh, yeah, whatever. And she's like, Star Trek, Trouble, Tribbles. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I, lo- I love the first note The first note in the trivia list that, that Sherry put together. The scene in which Kirk is buried in an avalanche of Tribbles took eight takes to get right. Oh, I'd love the to be tri- in the crew back there. The Tribbles were thrown into the hatch by members of the production crew. The crew members were not sure when to stop because they were unable to see the scene. This is why additional Tribbles keep falling on Kirk one by one, and William Shatner can be seen looking perplexed as to why more Tribbles keep falling on him. <laughs> yeah. But also, the best part is they tie that in, in to, to Deep, Deep Space, Space Nine, Nine, where you can see that yeah. that's actually Dax and Cisco are in there, and, and the scanning, key, they're scanning uh, other Tribbles looking uh, for the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but like, huh, I want two things. Oh, quick question. Yes, should Sherry. We have started this with, should we have started this with spoilers? <laughs> um, um, I think by now, by now, yeah, seriously, this is this is not modern television at this point. This is like, well, season five of Deep Space Nine was what? It was over 20 years ago? 1996. Yes. Yeah, so uh, it was uh, written and directed. We're cruising up on almost... What thirty years? years? I'm tw- I'm 21. Uh-huh. I was born in 97. So okay, it's so it's over 20 years yeah. since. The, so okay, listeners. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Ready? Okay, everybody, do it the right way. Ready? Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Sweetie. Yes. All right. So anyway, the uh, original writer uh, David uh, Gerald actually appeared in the 96 episode. Oh, did he? As a security guard. He was uh, a security guard yeah. on, on deep on K7. Yeah. Or on Deep Space Nine? Uh, no, actually, it was on the uh, spaceship. Oh, he was on the... On, he was yeah. on Enterprise. Yep. He was on Enterprise? Yeah. That's kind of yeah. fitting for him. He was originally supposed to be in the episode. He was supposed to be the third person who was with Scotty and Chekhov in the bar. Okay. Um, that he actually wrote that part for himself, but it was decided he looked way too young and he was way too skinny. Okay. So, so they used Kirk's stunt double. Yeah, so they instead they used Kirk's stunt double, which is 
kind of an inside joke with Is that why in the That's why and that's why Chief O'Brien keeps thinking that was Kirk. That's funny. Yeah. They're making references to I the fact that... I just got a joke. Yep. Yay. <laughs> Billy was today years old when he learned that one. <laughs> so was I. So was I. <laughs> yeah, that was that was Kirk's stunt double, and so they fit him into the scene because they felt that Gerald was the wrong fit. Mm. Yes. So. Which is why they eventually let him be in Trials and Tribulations. Mm-hmm was to give him that back. He's really, he's very interesting. He not only wrote the episode, mm-hmm. he, uh, do, you, do you guys remember, I don't know that they do them anymore, do you guys remember the books that they used to put out? They were like story versions of Yeah, books. the James Blish. Pictures. The James Blish pictures. novelizations. Oh, no, I know which ones you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the photograph the with the, yes, I do remember those. I had a bunch of them. With the uh, word balloons, with the the script. Uh, Yes. Yes. David Gerald wrote that version of Trouble with Tribbles, Hmm. along with writing the screenplay. Then he wrote the novelization of Trials and Tribulations, which I actually own. That's cool. That's exciting. He actually, he was very excited to, like write and direct the episode because he got to uh it was the first time he actually got to use uh, michelle nichols character um lieutenant uhura mm-hmm. uh, and consequently uh michelle nichols was uh, very excited for uh, for the uh, episode because she get, had a larger role that's mm-hmm. that's cool and i think that led to i think she had a little bit more of a prominence oh, in, yeah, the, in the later half of latter half of season two uh after she like showed her acting chops in uh trial and or uh, uh, trouble with Tribbles. Yeah, she had a larger uh, role in the. Yeah, the writers were a little yeah. more happier. You know, they were a little more confident in using her, yeah. which they should have been all along. But you know, oh, yeah. they're gonna. Didn't be stupid uh, wasn't the uh, famous uh, interracial kiss between Kirk and uh, uh, O'Hara? Didn't that take place in the latter half of season two? I think so. I, that's I think what I so. Thought. We'll do some research on that. I'm I'm looking through the trivia list, and I got the I got an absolute kick out of. During the famous bar fight scene. I just looked at that. Yeah, careful observers will note that while tables are broken, all of the chairs remain intact. That's because the tables were studio property, but the chairs were rented. (laughs) (laughs) And if they damaged, they would have to be paid for. It's funny, because when we were watching it the other night, that was like the one thing I mentioned. I'm like, okay, they're being, quote unquote, flipped over tables in both of the things, but I didn't see any of the tables, quote unquote, get broken or fall over or whatever when they were being tossed over them and sliding over the tables and you would think with the the um post or the the pedestal that it's on that it would break very easily but Mm -hmm. i didn't necessarily see that but i don't know did anyone else truly see the tables get broken i really wasn't paying much attention to that i I was watching i remember seeing like one or two tables like breaking in half oh uh, kind of, but they were like the circular tables, right? They were like yeah. oval. Yeah, they, they were oval, and they were like sliding across them, and yeah. you could see that some that sometimes the, the, they would like fall over, but they wouldn't like. I don't think they would break. Quote no, but unquote. I I loved the um the um alien triple seller behind the bar ordering all the drinks, mm-hmm. and it was definitely slapstick coming yes. through oh, yeah. there with yeah, uh, and I think that's the 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 the, the episode is not <laughs> a serious episode. They were playing a lot of it for laughs. Kirk's attitude towards the uh, the administrator, for instance, Barris, was hilarious. He was just like, "Oh, I take this seriously. I just don't take you seriously." You know, yeah, <laughs> very dismissive. Very dismissive of him, and and the guy really earned it too. He was the pompous ass, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. 
So well, that, uh, that was Petty Duke's father from the Petty Duke show. Oh, that was. Well, I knew I recognized yep. him. It was that character actor. He's been in a ton well, of stuff. William Shallert. Okay, that's the name. That's his name. That's the name I was trying to think yep. of. Um, actually, actually, the the animated series episode. Um, he uh, David Gerald actually uh, pitched it for season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but it was. A lot of people who worked on the show weren't real happy with Trouble with Tribbles because of the comedy. So they said no, but then they brought it, then they said yes for the animated series, which was much more comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing the note here. Despite the episode's popularity, the producer, uh, Robert Justman, wrote in the book Inside Star Trek, the real story, that he never liked the episode. He just felt that the humor was too over the top. Yeah. Kind of the, fits uh... In the guy who played uh, Koloth mm. actually uh, made several appearances in DS9. Mm-hmm. Uh, As Will- Koloth. Yeah. Uh, William Campbell, I believe. Yep. As, uh, and with Koloth with his with his cranial ridges all intact oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. So like we, a proper... We don't discuss it. Like a, yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't discuss <laughs> it with outsiders. You know, the funny thing... I was talking to Tanya about it while we were watching the episode. The funny thing is, is Trials and Tribulations was written before Enter- Star Trek Enterprise was produced. Yeah. Okay. And the, the the great thing is, is during the conversation with Worf in the bar scene, you know, uh, mm. uh, Bashir and O'Brien are trying to come up with an idea of, you know, was it a genetic, was mutation, a genetic mutation? Virus. Was it a virus thing? And we don't talk about it with outsiders. Now, years later in Star Trek Enterprise, they had this whole two or three story arc where they explain what happened. Mm-hmm. And how Klingons lost some of them lost their forehead ridges. It was because it was because of a genetic mutation due to a virus. So they took both of the things that O'Brien and Bashir said and actually made it into canon years later. Yep. I thought that was hilarious. Okay, I'm, so the 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 Klingons that were on case on Star Trek, seven, the, the Klingons, were, they're the ones that have hit been mutated and had the virus. So all lost the Klingons all you ridges. see in in, in original series <laughs> <laughs> lost their ridges. Okay. Lost their ridges. I, I, I love how uh, Star Trek will use just previous mentions of mm-hmm. oh, yeah. random things. Like, for instance, James T. Kirk, Tiberius. Right. That became canon in the animated series. Yes. And it wasn't actually in the original series. It was nope. always James T. Mm-hmm. And and there was like some books that made reference to the fact that his middle name was Thomas or something All like right. that. But then the the animated series came up with Tiberius, and it's stuck. And that was it's it. Stuck. And the movies That's never it. since. It was Tiberius. Mm-hmm. And for pe- for people listening that don't know what we're talking about in terms of the two episodes, I just <laughs> realized we didn't explain mm-hmm. that. Uh, well, we started to actually <laughs> the uh, connection between the two episodes. There's the classic trouble with tribbles, and uh, the crew of Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. goes gets, back and gets th- sent back in time because-, because they have to prevent the assassination of Captain Kirk. Right, but- which is in the intro. Oh, did right. we mention that? It was in the intro. I should listen to this podcast. I hear it's really good. <laughs> this is a really good podcast, Billy. I think yeah. you'd enjoy listening to it. I should check it out sometime. I'm sometime. telling you. Put it on your put it on your playlist. Yeah. Right right after uh, Kevin I'm Smith. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. We still love you, man. All right. Every, all together, everybody. Billy, Billy. Billy, anyway. Billy. Dilly, Dilly? Yeah. <laughs> Billy, Billy. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> where, where do you think I got it from? <laughs> no, that's okay. I think I like someone my on the phone better. was going to say something. Okay, somebody on the phone was going to say something. Go ahead. Yes, hi. Hi. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say was one of the characters that they have in the original series episode, Dax meets, and you meet later on or earlier in Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. and he has the Ritz's bed. And he had the what? So that kind of screws with things. They got what? He had the ridges then? 
Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. Koloff? Oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Koloff. Well, yeah, Koloff. Uh, in the in the Enterprise, they explain it as uh, the, some of the Klingons who had the genetic mutation would go in to, uh, like, get uh, cranial reconstruction where they redo the ridges. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so Ridge plastic implants. Sur- plastic plastic surgery, ridge, ridge, surgery for everybody. Ridge oh, implants. Yeah. E- even ridge in implants. the, what is it, the 24th century, 23rd century? <laughs> yeah. I want to be the it? cosmetic surgeon that has Klingons <laughs> all for a clientele. Oh, good, God. good God, y'all. <laughs> Uh, the one thing that I do remember from the episode, at the end, uh, they ask him, which Enterprise was it? And he says, the first one. And, yeah. and I always like thought, D- after they came out with Enterprise, that's the second Enterprise. What are yeah. they talking about? I know. See, it always was. Here's, here's the thing about Star Trek, is that we've, we've met, made mention of the fact that they're really good at making callbacks mm-hmm. and recycling actors to do different parts and things like that. But they are also continuity terrors. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They, they, Star Trek will screw with its own continuity and not even think twice about it. Alternate mm-hmm. universe. Oh, yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I think my guess is like the canon explanation is probably something along the lines of, oh, uh, the original Enterprise wasn't a Federation ship. No, it's the original 1701. Just yeah. But because the first, the first quote unquote, and you're right, there was a start, it was an Earth ship was yeah. the first Enterprise, but it was also NX-01, so there's yeah. no 17s involved. Um, yeah, so we can nerd out. Oh, yeah, Tanya rolled her eyes at me the other day when we were, we were watching it. She, she's pointing out Star, uh, Federation Starship. She's like, okay, what's that one? I'm like, oh, that's Nebula class. Well, what's that one? That's Constitute. And they start rifling off. Yeah, your first Enterprise was Enterprise. Uh, was a Constitution yep. class. Then it was a Constitution refit. Then Excelsior. Then Ambassador. Then Galaxy. Then Sovereign. <sighs> and in the game Star Trek Online, it's an Odyssey class. Yeah, it's actually really not. STO is really good on, like, teaching you the ships yes and sticking to yeah. canon because or right, trying to right now my uh so what ship are they on now uh in the movies the last one was the sovereign the enterprise Nina, e. the pension and the santa, santa maria, maria. Yeah, the, exactly yeah. <laughs> the uh discovery is um what a springfield class discovery is crossfield ah my bad i knew it was like field something all i know mm-hmm. is according to my birthday i'm the defiant so <laughs> <laughs> and the uh the shenzu is a walker class yeah I uh, my current ship on STO is a Vorgon Dreadnought. So oh Jesus, those <laughs> things are they're like what two miles long? Something like <laughs> that. Like, they're crazy, crazy huge. They did uh, even though it was like continuity issues. They did mm-hmm. such a good job with DS9 being able to superimpose them into yeah the, the special effects. The special effects. That's that's it good. was seamless. It was fantastic, and that's why uh, Back to the Future Two in a very controversial statement. I like better than the first one. Why is that? Because of the way they seamlessly uh, put the the current version of, like when they go back to the uh, the sea, mm-hmm. under the enchantment sea dance or whatever yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah. When uh, they go back, they seamlessly incorporate the original footage from the mm-hmm. original Back to the Future mm-hmm. in with uh, Michael J. Fox and the rest right running around that whole sequence at the same time and that's where uh trials and tribulations reminded me of that back to the future too i think it's such a clever use of of old footage oh yeah fantastic yeah. special effects or however they do it well both i mean yeah i mean that's the thing is I've, i thought that was the best because you normally when you see a superimposing of an actor into a scene that already pre-existed especially in the 90s it was very it, it they 
you see a bad 90s um, uh, FX. It's Mm -hmm. very common. It's and you know it's uh, special effects and uh, right. someone spent like maybe twenty minutes working on it. Yeah, but in Trials and Tribulations, the Deep Space Nine episode, it was you, you couldn't it was, tell. It they, was very nice. They even used it to explain some continuity errors. Yes. in the original episode, right? Like the fight scene you mentioned before, there was no one with a blue shirt in that fight scene. Uh huh. But. Deep Space Nine included a couple blue shirts in there mm-hmm. so that when Kirk is balling people out, those are the blue shirts he's talking to, the Deep Space Nine people. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, I think we're just now, like, well, the one scene, the one scene that where the special effects was almost apparent was when Kirk comes up onto the bridge and he sits down on the triple. Mm-hmm. Accidentally, and Dax is in the background. Yeah, There's she, just enough of a, of a fuzz around her that she looks a little out of place. She seemed too tall for that. She looks, yeah, she yeah. seemed too tall for the scene. For the but scene. that was the only. I mean, every time it was flawless. When Kirk is when Kirk is dropping down the uh, the line of officers after the bar fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, O'Brien and Bashir are there, and it looks like the scene was refilmed with just you know from scratch yeah. with them mm-hmm. in it. Um, it was really cool the how they like um, took one of the one-off characters that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk's like, did you do this? And they replaced him with O'Brien. Yeah. I thought that was actually absolutely was really fantastic. really well done. Yeah. Sybil, darling. Hi. Hi, there she is. Did she's you... watching Deep Space Nine. She's, 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 watching, she's watching the episode right now <laughs> with Bailey the dog. I actually watched both episodes back to back. That's yes, that's cool doing it that way. Yeah, that's what we did. I think I I got a better appreciation for watching them back to back like that, one right after the other, because certain things you see that it's not so much one made more sense because of it, but you could see the callbacks and all the little they subtle were references. Yes, mm-hmm. you could see yeah. the subtle references it was, it was a lot nice better. How they used how they weaved both stories together. Mm-hmm. It's almost seamless. It was seamlessly mm-hmm. weaved together, which was pretty cool how they did that. And, I, I love how Dax was fa- uh, allegedly it was fangirling, and they um, Cisco really thought she, she, was, she was talking fan- about Kirk. Kirk, but no, she's, Spock. Yeah. Um, when they I, came, I to- thought that was particularly funny considering who she, who the yes. actress eventually married. In, in 2017, <laughs> yeah. Terry Farrell got engaged to Leonard Nimoy's son Adam Nimoy, and they're now married. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah so there's mm-hmm. Star Trek has that way of just kind of. Keeping everything mm-hmm. all together for some, you know, either, both off and on camera. It's just it's she weird. had to marry him for continuity. Sake. There you for continuity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Monk. Yes. Both of these episodes were filmed before you were even born, Sweet Pea, and so you have you have that hindsight of of looking back at as a younger viewer. What did what did you think of both of them together? Um, the original episode, the fighting, like, it was very not real. It was kind of funny. <laughs> well, it's the Captain Kirk um, fight scenes. Come on. The the fist two feet away from the uh, face. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, you got stage choreography that are 30 years apart from each other. Yeah, plus uh, the original was filmed specifically for a uh, TV that was, like, what, 12 inches wide? Yeah, something like that. So you're really not going to see the detail like we're going to see on a 55-inch LED. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think the, the amusing thing for me was in the bar fight in the Deep, Deep Space Nine episode, uh, Worf is now in the fight. Mm-hmm. And so here's a Klingon beating up other Klingons, and he's showing them how it's done, basically. <laughs> <laughs> how it's going. Okay, keep going, Monk. Keep, keep, keep going, Monk. Oh, okay. Um, you're now officially on the spot. Enjoy. Yes, I know. <laughs> Yay! Um, but, uh, it was, it was actually 
extremely funny watching Kirk get hit with the trebles, and all I could think was, hey, were they making, like, a game out of it to see how many points they could win by how many times they could hit Shatner with the triple? <laughs> Ten points if it goes through his head. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's the, the triple dump the drinking game. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm pretty sure both episodes are on my special, like, Klingon box. I've got this box set with a bunch of Klingon episodes. Where it's just like it's learning about stuff, and I'm a little upset because it doesn't have more sweaty, which would be a great one for that box set. <laughs> okay. Um, but I do. I, I love these episodes because I love triples. And I love, I just absolutely adore Worf. So. <laughs> <laughs> she adores Worf. Is he your favorite character? He's one of them, yes. I tend to like the Klingons and the Vulcans. They tend to be my favorites. <laughs> Now, why is that? Do you think? I don't know. It's just a, it's just a, a gut feeling. She's gonna roll with it. Did you know that the working title for this episode was "A Fuzzy Thing Happened to Me"? Oh dear lord! <laughs> was that for you the original series? Yeah. <clears throat> Originally, tribbles were called fuzzies. Do you know why they changed it? Tell me. <clears throat> it's because of one of my favorite old sci-fi books. Um, it was called Little Fuzzy, and it was by H. Piper Beans. And there were little fuzzy little creatures in it named that they called fuzzies, so they had to change the name to then that's why they changed them to tribbles because they couldn't use fuzzies. Didn't wonder, they uh buy the rights to that book in order to avoid like legal tribbles down the road? Not that I've ever heard of. I think I read somewhere that they like bought rights <laughs> to a book uh in order to uh avoid legal troubles and uh, the author only asked for a signed copy of the script. Let me see if it Mm-hmm. Was it Little Fuzzy? Little Fuzzy's been in public domain for a long time. Sorry, no, it was uh, Robert A. Heinlein's novel, The Rolling Stones, from 1952. The concerns were brought to the research team who suggested purchasing the rights to the novel. Because um, uh, Geralt thought that the creatures seemed very similar to uh, the creature, uh, the Tribbles seemed similar to his creatures. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Well. I just love it that everyone was so enamored with the Tribbles in the original episode, and it even looked like Spock was softening yeah, he to, was. to a point, yeah. and he's like, whatever. But then he makes a joke while speaking to McCoy. McCoy states that everyone likes the Tribbles because they're soft and furry, and they make a pleasant sound. But Spock replies, so would an ermine violin. Yeah. So he made a Spock joke. Spock made a one-liner. <laughs> yes. What's up with that? I don't know. That but was he, fantastic. He made more than one. He made more than one. What was his other one? When he said to when he said to McCoy, um, I, I like them. They don't talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so Spock was getting his sense of humor on in yes. this particular yes, episode. He was. So, I, I remember watching a YouTube video about how the uh, like time comparison between uh, the two episodes. Like, if uh, the events happened exactly as the DS9 episode uh, occurred, mm-hmm. um, the actual episode would have been about like. Um, 30 minutes. Okay. As opposed to like the 45 minutes runtime. Gotcha. So. So they're, you're, you're saying that they were they quite had meshing. To, they had to like squish some t- uh, uh, scenes down for time mm-hmm. and extend other ones out and okay. in order to like fit it with the episode. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, it goes back to the whole like editing process. You didn't, you probably didn't even notice it while watching the episodes. Mm-mm. No, probably not. No, I'm mean, back to back. That was something I didn't even think of. No, but I think what was good for the Deep Space Nine is that 
Cisco is telling this story of what happened to the um, Federation temporal investigators, mm-hmm. Dolmer and Luxley, which could be Mulder and Scully. Yes, that, they but make those references make often when reference. those two show up. So, because like he's quote unquote flashing back to this is what happened. So they could draw out the episode a little bit longer in regards to that particular thing. But I just love it at the end. It's like, did they ask? He goes, nope. It's like, what are we going to do? And Dax is like, build another space station? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they pan back and there's a whole bunch all the of tribbles. So. They've all repopulated. So they're all gone. Well. Well. Cause, just so, beam them onto the nearest Klingon, Klingon ship. ship. It's all good. Well, because yeah. it, it's funny because like the Klingons went and hunt the, hunted them all down to extinction and now they're, they're back. back on DS9. Which is think, not the first time that Star Trek did a time travel thing to, to reestablish an extinct species. So, yeah. Nope. Explain. The, the humpback whales. whales in, yes. oh, the, in the Voyage, voyage For Star Trek Four, the, the Voyage yes. Home. They, they, and they used a Klingon ship to do it. Yep. <laughs> Gee, yes, the Klingons did. are useful. The Klingons are good for, for figuring out how to reestablish uh, extinct species, apparently. Mm-hmm. But they all hate tribbles. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, could it be that like one of the DS9 characters inadvertently brought one of the tribbles back, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, poof, you know what? There is there is a piece of trivia on this list that is wrong. Okay. Uh-oh. What what is it? There it says that this that um, this basically this is the only time you see tribbles in any of the newer forms, what are referred to as the next generation mm-hmm. shows, next yep. generation Deep Space Nine or Voyager, but it's not. There is in Loaxana in an early Loaxana Troy episode on Deep Space Nine. Okay. She has a tribble. Oh really? She has a neutered tribble. Oh god. Because they try to tell her she, she can't have it on the on the on the station, but she says no, it, it can't reproduce. Uh huh. So they're not completely wiped out. They're just very rare and incredibly regulated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, what's what does oh, McCoy no. say? What does McCoy say? He's like, um, they're they born can almost pregnant. They're born pregnant, and they can almost seem to reproduce at will. And oh dear lord, they've got a will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. All right, do we? Uh, do, and, go ahead. And they were in uh, the Star Trek 2009 series. There's the second one. Uh, McCoy brings one back from the dead. Yeah, into darkness using yeah. Khan's blood. Yep. Uh, yeah, true. there's there's triples all over the place. There, there. I don't think you ever. You know, do we foresee another triple appearance in any future Star Trek properties? I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually saw one in Discovery. On Discovery, I, I think it would be a nice little departure because Discovery is very grim and dark. I think it would be a very nice like way to lighten the mood. Mm-hmm. Uh... Second season of Discovery is coming up. I'm yeah, really, I'm very much looking forward to that um, one. I enjoyed the first season. I did too. I did, um, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, oh yeah. Um, Star Trek Discovery brought back a beloved life form as an important Easter egg. October second, twenty seventeen. Um, you can see that there is a tribble back here. Huh. Oh God! You can see it. It's it's right on the captain's desk in his ready room. In the in its war with the Klingon Empire, Starfleet officers aboard that. the USS Discovery may have ju- introduced a much needed weapon to defend themselves. <laughs> the tribble. The tribble. <laughs> Last night's episode of Discovery brought back a delightful little tribble who fans of the original series will remember the adorable buffs, balls of fluff capable of asexual reproduction that can get out of hand and dangerous if not stopped. 
Now, it's funny because McCoy, didn't he say bisexual instead of asexual? I don't remember. Yeah, bi. He said bisexual. And I'm like... Oh, are we going to... Are we really going to be continuity picky like that? That was like... Come on. I stopped and thought... So... uh, I did... Remember, I told you a story way back many years ago. I was playing an online uh, Star Trek game. Uh, ATS, Trek Mush. All right. So it was when it was an all text interactive, it was like, it was basically the original version of MMOs. All right. And it was, it was a privately run free to play game. It was a lot of fun, but that's where I met a lot of my current friends. And one of the admin coded up what we affectionately called the triple bomb. It was an item that when you engaged it, it would start self-replicating and oh, yeah. then the other ones would start self-replicating. So he named it triple and then he gave it to me and I was a Starfleet captain. <laughs> and of course, the first thing I did was track down the nearest Klingon ship and beamed it on board, and ran for my life. <laughs> was... That's humorous. Oh yeah. It so was... yes, tribbles were brought back on Discovery. Okay, so th- so that has been across Who all of the properties. Does not like tribbles. I have a tribble. I got it from a loot crate. Oh, that's Dan, exciting. Dan has a tribble also. I think it's the same color. It's like an orange fluffy thing. Yes. The yes. actual like making of a tribble is actually rather easy. You just take some like artificial fur, fold it in on itself, fill it with like either stuffing or bean or like little beans and then sew it up. Well, these were made from uh um old carpet as the background. Mm-hmm. Um they were off-cut fur garments. Um the tribbles that um were able to move had um, mechanical toys in them. Mm-hmm. Um the, Huh? They were dog toys. Dog to- um, it's funny because you look like Shatner is piled with like 20 million of them, but truly only 500 tribbles were on set. 500 is enough. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> hey, Not Sherry. like the oh. million that Spock said. Yeah. One, 1,700,000 and some on set. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Hey, Sherry, the book you mentioned earlier, the one with the pictures from the TV show and the word balloons. Yeah. Uh, you can buy them at thriftbooks.com. The Trouble with Tribbles one you can buy for about between three and five bucks, depending on the uh, condition. So uh, I, I loved those books when I was a kid. I did, too. Fun fact, uh, David Gerald actually wrote a book about like the production and uh, creation yep. of Tribbles uh, in 1973 uh, called Trouble with Tribbles, The Birth and Sale, a Birth, Sale, and Final Production of ep- One Episode. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Was, I've actually read it. It's really interesting. Oh, yeah. What I thought was really interesting about the Trials and Tribulations is it wasn't really their first choice for what for their 30th anniversary episode. Uh-huh. They were actually kicking around a bunch of different ones, and it was um, it was a bunch of the production, the, the high-up uh, producers, uh, including Ira Stephen Bear, were sitting in a pizza place and we're discussing it. They were kicking around Charlie X. They were kicking around a piece of the action and they were kicking around trials and they were t- uh, kicking around trouble with troubles. And they were trying to decide and who should walk in, but Charlie Brill who played Arn Darwin in the original episode. Okay. So it was almost like a and sign. He walked in and they went, okay, I guess that's, that decided it, and they offered him the role right there. <laughs> a piece of the action would have been an interesting 30th anniversary. Oh, I don't even want to think it about was. it. Yeah. Would, uh, instead of instead of channeling um, the Untouchables, would they start going with the Sopranos? That'd be interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it'd be funny. I, no, but there, the idea for it was going back to that planet and finding out that they had based it on the original series characters. Mm, okay. On Spock and Kirk and. They would have changed their uh, whole mo- uh, mo from uh, Gangsterville to uh, T- uh, Stoville. Stoville. 
<laughs> Sorry, uh, TOS, Phil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little brainstorming here. What if Joan Collins walked in? Do we get City on the Edge of Forever oh, and wow. Ever and Ever? <laughs> that was a great episode. I want to talk more about that yeah, episode maybe sometime. Maybe she winds up living. Once it, like, and you have to kill her again yeah. or something like that. <laughs> she has to come back to life. Oh, no. It turns well, out that a doctor saved her, and now you have to kill her again. Yeah, well, yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that episode because um, you remember how it said that it was uh, that this that Trouble with Tribbles was nominated for a Hugo. Mm-hmm. That City on the Edge of uh, Edge of Forever is that what it's called? Yeah, um, was the one that won. Oh, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, in fact, that year, all of the all of the uh, nominations for dramatic presentation were all Star Trek episodes. That's awesome. That's amazing. So, gee, I wonder who's going to win. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Star Trek, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They, uh, what was it? Um... Tony's trying to think of something. That's, can you smell the smoke in the studio? (laughs) Yes, I can. Uh, So, uh, DS9 did a really nice job of, like, continuity between, like, uh, old uh, TOS episodes and DS9. Like, uh, the Mirror Mirror episodes were fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, See, Deep- Mirror Mirror is one of my favorite episodes, and now, I, like I said, this was my first Deep Space Nine episode. Mm-hmm. Was there a series of Mirror Mirror? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They, they, like they go back and forth four or a five. lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in that in these past couple of seasons that tri- Trial okay. and Tribulations is part of. Yeah. Um, and they wrote two really excellent books that take place in the Mirror Universe in the um, Deep Space Nine time period mirror, mirror universe. Yeah, I, I love that Mirror Mirror is so often parodied or homaged. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see the um, episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 where they do a Mirror Mirror episode? No. With uh, evil versions of Joel and the bots. Huh. I did not know mocking that. Mocking the movies. and it, That's amazing. It's very funny. Sybil, I know you're a big MST3K uh, person. Did you ever catch that episode? No, I, I missed that episode. Uh oh. I think okay. We're gonna have to track that one down. Yeah. yeah we're gonna oh, have he's, to. he's searching it out now. It is. Um, yeah. In general, the writing for DS Nine was really good. A lot better than I think a lot of people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, DS Nine is definitely my, one of my favorite, probably my favorite Star Trek series. And it's that's a popular favorite, opinion, too. actually. There's a lot of people who are like Deep Space Nine. Uh, is, is of all of the properties the best of them, and and I'm I'm wondering mm-hmm. it's because of the the war arc. The war arc was fantastic. I my favorite yeah, episode was. from DS9 actually comes from it. Um, mm-hmm. The episode where Cisco gets the Romulans on board. Yeah, for the war let's, after. let's not talk. Let's not talk more about that one because Billy hasn't seen it yet. Uh, okay, but, spoilers. But seriously, <laughs> seriously, that episode is badass, and it shows you. Um, you know, everybody's used to the happy, fluffy Federation. Oh, yeah. They're no, not used yeah. to the Federation when it's been at war for a long time and has just had enough of being the good yeah, guy. And I think uh, Star Trek Discovery has tapped into that uh, to yep. some degree. And do you feel that that's... Ha- Go ahead, Sherry. Um, what's interesting, though, is it's because of that type of storytelling that so many Star Trek fans are not a fan of Deep Space Nine because there w- it's... it's because they had to stay there, they're mm-hmm. not traveling, they're not meeting all of these every, new species every week type thing. Right. Um, they had to figure out a different type of storytelling, and the characters on Deep Space Nine, and what I love about them is how flawed they are. Yes. And that is... Makes them more I relatable. Really, 
Yeah, I think it makes them a much more interesting story because of that. Now, Deep Space Nine and Babylon 5, were they were out at the same time, weren't they? Thereabouts. A thereabouts? Yeah, who, around the same time. Who was first? Did, we, did Deep Space Nine take over or take the airways first Deep before Space Babylon 5? I don't know offhand. Deep I think Space, I think oh, Deep Space Nine Babylon came out first. All right. Because you, you could see how how basically both both series were very similar. To, I wouldn't say identical, but they were very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. And And you get that. That storytelling challenge of sh- that Sherry was just talking about, where you're not adventuring out into the unknown and finding all this stuff, you had to wait for it to come to you. Yeah. And uh, and both of them had a had a very serious war arc that that led the tail end of their their pr- respective series. Yep. I think DS9 uh, did an excellent job in like showing the flaw in the characters, um, especially like. Uh, do you remember the Q episode in DS9? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah. good one. Uh, Deep Space Nine came out the year before Bad One Five did. Nice, full year. Okay. So the, uh, in the Q episode, uh, that well, never mind. I'm not going to spoil it for Billy. Sorry, Billy. No, it's a, go ahead. I, uh, I the, uh, Q actually points out like Cisco's flaw is he's very, uh, very emotional and very irritable, and he can mess with him. Mm-hmm. You punched me. Nobody's ever done that. Picard never hit me. Picard I'm not Picard. Oh, how fun this is going to be. <laughs> and you know, he never came back. Yep. Never came back. <laughs> and uh, just to follow up on something I said, the Mirror Mirror episode of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, I was right. It was a Mike episode from okay. the sixth season called uh, Last of the Wild Horses. And the, the description, one of the few episodes with a, a distinct plot entirely unrelated to the movie being riffed. The host segments in this episode parody the classic Star Trek episode Mirror Mirror with Tom Servo and Gypsy transported to the Mirror Universe where an evil Mike Nelson and the bots torment Clayton Forrester and TV's Frank with bad movies. So it's uh, TV's Frank and, and Clayton Forrester that riff on the movie. While evil Mike and uh, the bots are are the scientists in this, and it, it's ridiculous if I remember correctly. Well, that's MST3K for you. Yeah. Everything was kind of ridiculous yeah. for them. And uh, so, the, Tom Servo, the evil Tom Servo, is in the normal MST universe, except he has the little goatee like Sulu. <laughs> <laughs> No, Spock was the goatee or one. No, he, yeah. Spock, it's, it, that's how you knew it was evil like Spock. He's like a ninja. It yeah. says, uh, evil Tom Servo's character is reminiscent of Hikaru Sulu from the Mirror Universe. Has so. like the scar across his yeah. face. Yeah. Yes. So there's that if you want to track it down. So now, Sulu was not in uh, The Trouble with Tribbles. He was not. Because George Takei was off filming a movie was, at yeah. the time. So all of his, his spots <clears throat> that he would have been a part of were given to Chekhov. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very Chekhov heavy. You know you know what's interesting? The episode that Voyager did for the 30th anniversary mm-hmm. special, um, they um, they had two actors from the original series in it. Okay. Um, they had they had two characters, Sulu, and they had Rand. Okay. Neither of which appeared in this episode. That's true. They neither appeared in Trouble with Tribbles. <laughs> Now, what, what's the homage in, in Voyager? Did, they didn't do a triple episode. They, what did they do? No, they did. They went back to um, the uh, what was Sulu's ship during Undiscovered Country. They went Excelsior. back to the movies. 
Yes, they went back to the movie. They did the Excelsior. They they because uh, Tuvok actually served on um, the Excelsior. Excelsior. I, okay, you know I remember that episode. Yeah, yeah. I read I, the I novelization remember. for it actually in like in about three hours. It was a good. That was it, a very good episode. Also, yeah. Honestly, I remember it. It wasn't my favorite Voyager episode, but it was definitely well done. Mm. Yeah. I have this whole opinion on Voyager anyway, <laughs> and it's not positive. So I mean, I, I think like Voyager. I think certain parts of it has it, it. It like most other shows has its high points and low points. Mm-hmm. And overall, I think it was a very decent show. Uh huh. But I. Th- think DS9 and uh, Next Gen were the better two uh, Star Trek series. Yeah. And Enterprise was... Enterprise had a lot of potential, but Brandon Braga broke it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, when they set up the whole uh, temporal you know, temporal war and all that stuff, I was just yeah. like, oh, Brandon, no, go back to watching Doctor Who. Try not to write it. You know, The, uh, the Enterprise, uh, what was it, Axe or whatever it was, the one that was like... NX-01? No, no, the uh, the one from the uh, oh the J seventeen oh one J. I I really hated it. Its design. It was just so infeasibly large. Yes, it was just horribly designed. But the whole show was horribly. De- and then yeah. and then they then they insulted the entire cast at the end when they basically made the entire show a holodeck adventure for Riker. Yeah, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I will say that I did enjoy the uh, the whole like introduction and ex- exploration of Andorian culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, to I I love the Andorians and they're probably my favorite alien race from Star Trek. Why is that? Um, I like the color blue. Okay, <laughs> that works. <laughs> uh, plus, like the whole like concept of like they're a warrior culture, but not like overtly warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come from a cold planet. Mm-hmm. I like that. You like being. You like the cold. I like the cold. All right. So yeah. this is your time of year then. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> we got the other end of the spectrum to my right over here. Not a chance. All right. So what do we want to bring up about these episodes that we have not talked about yet? <clears throat> if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I want to go and back there's, and restart DS9. It's so much fun to watch back to back. Say are. that again. They were fun to watch back to back. They're so much fun to watch back to back. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the right way to do it was to watch Trouble with Tribbles and then uh turn around and, and watch Trials and Tribulations together. It, it really helped tie the room together. It was like mm-hmm. a rug. It was good. Um <laughs> sorry. I haven't watched so Big now, in a while. Now this was the first episode of DS9 that Billy has, has seen. seen. Now he said he's just finishing Next Generation or getting ready to yeah, finish Yeah, now Next do Generation. I have to go back to the original series and start over again? I don't think so. <laughs> no. 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 I know. I've seen those no. dozens of times. No, but so. you can now, because yeah. like, I definitely want to pick up DS9 yeah. and start it. I mean, I was working on Next Generation. I was working on Voyager. But Randy's working on Voyager also. Mm-hmm. So are, we're screwing up each other's episodes. <laughs> so I had to stop Voyager and go over to Next Generation so he could finish it. So he's almost done. So I think I'm going to go to DS9. I used to watch Star Trek specifically because it was like the episodes were 45 minutes long. They were on Netflix, and uh, that 45 minutes was about how long it took for a uh, load of laundry to go through. <laughs> There's a college mentality for you. <laughs> oh, well, Randy uses it for he'll like watch one or two episodes on the treadmill. That's what I did with Quantum Leap. That, that yeah. He uses it for the treadmill. For treadmill, so. yeah. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. 
I mean, I've actually watched like an hour and a half to two hour movie while on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. So because I'm like, well, I'm going to be on the treadmill. And I'll put something in that it's forces like, me to stay on the treadmill for a while. It's kind of like easy listening, but with like TV, e- mm-hmm. easy watching. And mm-hmm. it's easier for me to watch it on my iPad than using it on the TV with Netflix because the headphones with the TV, it's mono instead of stereo. So I only get it in one ear. It's kind of like sometimes the headphones here. So for me, it actually doesn't matter because I can't hear out of my uh, left ear. Oh. So there you go. <laughs> it all works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no more. Just, it was just nice to revisit. Yeah. Star Trek yeah. It, yeah. It just made me think about. Wow, oh, I really like these episodes. And, it was fun. And, yeah. And I want to be back on that ship. Plus, it uh, gears you up for uh, Discovery coming back. Uh, what? January. January. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it. It's good. I'll give you my uh, my my CBS All Access account. Okay. And watch it at home. I will say I, I'm I have mixed feelings about like how they did the Klingons. At least like the makeup. Yeah. Are the are ridges gone again? No, no, no. no. <laughs> they uh they made the ridges way more pronounced than they had previously been, and they got rid of their hair. Yeah. Um, and for me, like growing up, that that was a big part of Klingons. So I'm I'm very like on the fence on how I feel about how they did the makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like looking at them in Discovery and wondering why do they look so different, and that totally explains that their ridges are ginormous. It takes yeah. away from the actual story sometimes. Huge ridges. They change them from like brown to purple. Uh, yeah, I was noticing that too. Various shades of purple. Yeah, and uh, they got rid of their hair. I'll tell you what I liked uh, about Discovery's portrayal of the Klingons is I, I, I just think that when they're talking in the language all the time with the with the subtitles, that adds something to it. Oh yeah, no, I definitely. I, I really, agree with that. I gotta, I gotta really dig how the Klingons were full on Klingon all the time. Nobody speaking English unless they had to, and and when they did, it was with this yeah. you know thick accent and yeah. as well. So it was really, it was. Well, I thought that was kind of cool. I always thought of it as it was like it was being fed through the Universal Translator. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it doesn't really break my immersion yeah. in a way, but uh, I think I think they did a, I think I'm still on the fence with the Klingons, but otherwise I, I really appreciate, like, the storytelling in Discovery, especially the second half in the Mirror Mirror universe. Right. Spoiler. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think Chris is throwing things over here. I'm not trying to. It's just a thing that happens. Oh, okay. Smile and nod. <laughs> Smile and wave, boys. Smile, Smile and wave. wave. All right, so I I think at this point it's we're like in good pe- shape. People need to just go and watch you need to go it. Watch so it. so yeah. you can fully enjoy it like we did. Absolutely, and it's just something you sit back and have fun with. It's not yeah. something that you over analyze. Now we just did, but but that that but that's our, our job. job to yeah, that's our job to do that. But, but it's Except your m- job m- is to go and enjoy it. Now I want the picture book, and I need to watch the animated episode because you're a completist. <laughs> yeah. Then I need to go buy a Tribble. And You're wonderfully consistent, yeah. Billy Well, we'll Bo. talk about the, the Tribbles and buying Tribbles next episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we do, when we come back, we're going to have uh, our events list. And we've got some other things going on as well. So we'll talk to you in a moment. All right, so 
That was fun. That was that good. That was fun. Thank you, Billy, for editing out the yawn. Yeah, Because okay. I wasn't bored with you guys. I'm we didn't know really that tired. you had done that until you just mentioned it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was yawning. Thanks for, <gasps> thanks for that, Matt, you know, ruining the magic of, of radio. Actually, just a, a little behind the scenes. Uh, yes. Back in a, a few years ago, back when Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, uh-huh. Brother Weez talked to him every Monday morning after the game. Okay. And I still remember, like, I mean, he'd been up late, you know, yeah. it, it was a night game or whatever. I still remember, it, like, we're talking to him just out of nowhere. I just heard, oh. <laughs> and so it still gets brought up every once in a while. I think I heard you guys talking about it recently, as yeah. a matter of fact. Drew Bledsoe yawning into the mic or er, into hilarious. the phone while he's talking. Yeah, this. Well, I'm sorry. So. I, I was a little sleepy. Sybil, how are you holding up? I dare you to yawn. I'm good. I'm good. No, she's like, I'm watching Deep Space Nine. Leave me alone. I'm not just yawning. I'm sleeping. I'm doing housework. I'm keeping you guys on mute while I'm walking around the house. Because if I sit down, Uh the dogs will try to jump on me and bark at me and try to eat the earphones. Oh, jeez. Bailey doesn't like it when I'm not paying attention to him. Oh, (laughs) jeez. It sounds like my child. Yes, it does. (laughs) He's a very jealous dog. If I'm like on the phone where the phone's against my head, he'll stick his nose between the phone and my cheek. Oh my god, that's cute. Sounds like my cat. <laughs> yeah, sounds like most animals. Yeah. Why are you not paying attention to me, human? Exactly. So I'm like walking around doing like cleaning up a little bit, going up and downstairs. So I have you guys on mute. So that's why it takes me a second to respond. So I have to wake oh. my phone up and hit unmute. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna give you a heads up. Then I'm gonna say, Sybil, I'm coming to you in a moment. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, hey, we've got some event. Oh, we have an event coming up. Uh, wine Christmas. And, wine. There's oh. that. After, after Christmas, okay. this is a perfect okay. Christmas present. This is a Christmas present in the making here. Wine and design fundraiser for the Mighty Monkey Corporation. Uh, it is going to be tickets are thirty five dollars. Please register and complete the payment to get that credit. Uh, BYO wine and beer and snacks or purchase from them. Uh, we are going to provide the glasses and corkscrews. Uh, ages 16 and under must be accompanied by an adult for the adult classes. Coupons and other discounts are not available for the fundraisers. And tickets are already on sale and tickets are already selling. So don't wait and miss out. This will make a great Christmas present. This is going to be on the 26th of January in 2019. Ooh. It's at 2 in the afternoon and it's at 165 Buffalo Road in Rochester. It's in the plaza with the Salvatore's Old Fashioned Pizzeria. Uh, so that's going to be a big thing. You guys are going to be painting a Doctor Who themed portrait. I'm, I got to get my ticket because I want to be yes. in on this because I want to see just how bad my art skills really are. That's a thing. Um, this is after the event is when I ask, what do you uh, if you want to be part of the FC3 Monkey business and Mighty Monkey Corporation experience? There are a few ways of doing that. The first is to become a sponsor. Hint, hint. We all. <laughs> We have sponsorship levels of all kinds and are even willing to create custom sponsorship packets. Please contact us at sponsorships at fc3roc.org. The next way to do it is by supporting us on Patreon. Please check us out at www.patreon.com backslash fc3roc. All membership levels will include access to the Patreon-only blog, plus tons of great perks at all levels. Special shout-outs to our See No Evil tier patrons, James Irish, Jen Bevan, and our very own, my favorite co-host of all time, my only co-host, but anyway, Tanya Mattress. Want to help others find the show? Please leave us a review wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Podbean, YouTube, and... 
Stitcher. Is there a place you find your podcast and can't find FC3 Monkey Business? Let us know, and we'll see what we can do about fixing that. And please follow us on Twitter at FC3MB Podcast. And if you do, say hi. We love it when you say hi. Monk, say hi. Hi. There it is. Sybil, say hi. Because I love it when Sybil says hi. That's my favorite thing. Sybil, we're coming to you. (laughs) I know. Seriously, I should have given her the heads up. My bad. All right. Um. So, question of the week. It's our usual. It's our favorite. What are you reading, listening to, or playing, or watching that is making your geeky little heart happy right now? Tony, that question's coming to you first, and then, Sybil, I'm going to come to you. So, uh, I recently uh, bought the entire Witcher saga. Okay. Um, the Witcher is a, uh, a game developed by uh, CD Projekt Red based off of a Polish novel. Okay. Um, it's... Re- uh, it's very interesting. I'm enjoying it very much. Um, Aren't they making that into a TV show? They are with uh, the guy who played Superman. Henry Cavill. Yeah. Uh, I'm not actually looking forward to it because uh, I've heard some uh, very discouraging things coming out of the, their production. Such as? Um, the, they're uh, handicapping a lot of like uh, Henry Cavill's acting capabilities and the, there's a lot of like shifting directors. Well, that seems to be consistent. People are good at handicapping Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, Superman. Yeah. I, if they take him, if they took him off to the leash, I'm sure that those Justice League movies would have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Anyway, carrying on. So, Witcher series. How many games are there? Uh, currently, there are three. Okay. Um, I believe there's three. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's The Witcher One, um, which I have The Witcher Enhanced Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Witcher Two: uh, Assassination of the King. And Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. And the little known Witcher 4, the search for Witcher 2 and a half. Oh, yeah, there's like a... And Witcher 5 Electric Boogaloo. There it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, currently, I'm like on the third chapter of the first game. Okay. So I'm not very far into it. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not very familiar with the lore, but I'm is getting this familiar with the lore. Console or PC? Uh, both. Both? Um, I'm playing it on PC because I'm a PC gamer. Right, me too. Uh, which I'll talk about next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. Because Tony's going to have himself a wish list. All right. Sybil, what are you reading listening to, playing, or watching that is making your geeky little heart happy right now, my dear sister? Okay, so there's a couple of things I'm, I'm, I'm doing, and they're, they, they might seem kind of dark, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm into so dystopian stuff I'm, myself, apparently. I am loving the new Sabrina Witch on Netflix. Oh, yeah? I, I binged all of them, and I, I was like, I'm like waiting for more to come. I might end up like watching them all again, just to see if I can see more things. Have you read the comics, Sybil? Yes. Yeah, it's a really good series. Yeah, it's very, very, very good series. And I like how they really tied in the new Riverdale as well. Oh, so it's going to be crossover? Really dark, archy. So. Nice. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. So I'm loving it. <laughs> That's I'm loving hilarious. that. Um, I'm listening to a couple different podcasts right now. One of them is called Small Town Murder. Okay. And what it is is these two comedians do research on this real murder and explain it, but it has to be from a really small town. So that's like their only parameters. It has to be an interesting murder from a very small town. So they explain everything, but then they make fun of like the bumbling police force or the 
uh, like the criminal themselves. They don't make fun of the family or the victim. They don't do that. They just make fun of everything else. Okay. Because a lot of these are just like this person, because the police force was so bad, this person got away with it for like 15 years. And so it's, it's, I'm listening to that. And then the last thing I'm listening to, which actually isn't dark at all, it's pretty funny. It is, I mean, I want to make sure I get the title correct. Hello from the Magic Tavern. Okay. I like a Magic Tavern. Yeah, there's another podcast that's been out for it's been out for a few years, but I'm listening to it from the beginning where this guy falls through a temporal opening behind a Burger King and he um, goes into this new land of Foon and it's all about the magical creatures on Foon and the world on Foon and it's just a really stupid, funny um, strip that's really hilarious because the guys on Foon refer to stuff from earth like geeky stuff from earth and it just it just makes me laugh every single time they they reference it and then they act like they have no idea what they're talking about <laughs> quite well <laughs> nice what was the name of the first podcast small town murder um small town murders have you heard of uh, the podcast my favorite murder no i haven't heard of that one yet uh it's Basically, the hosts go through and talk about, like, different serial killers. It's, it's actually really interesting. Interesting. I, okay. Yeah. Uh, if you're into that sort of thing, then that's the sort of thing you're into, I suppose. Yeah. All well, right. Yeah, I find it fascinating the way the, bra- the, like, the human brain works. Like, oh, yeah. There's, like, where one incident can make one person become this amazing, amazing angel of a person to take care of them, but then the same incident can also turn them the complete opposite way and they can be just evil and just downright just deplorable. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, like, it's amazing for me to go back to that stage of when did this happen to this person? When did they start showing this different side of them that most of human society looks on as really, really bad and evil and it shouldn't exist? Hmm. How does the brain work? Yes. Fascinated by it. I'm pretty sure most of us on this panel would be a good case study for for a few neurologists and and psychotherapists and, you know, crime writers. Yeah. Uh, Sherry. Yes. You're next. Um, Well, as you guys know, I've been working my way through um, Jim C. Hines' uh, Libromancer series. Right. And I am currently on book number four. Okay. And oh my God, it is amazing. Oh, cool. I cannot recommend these books more. And each one gets a little more in-depth, a little more interesting. The character development is fantastic. And this one is, I don't want to give away too much of it, Um because I do recommend people read it, but basically think about every story, um, especially when you're talking about urban fantasy, which these are, where you have you have two ways of doing urban fantasy. Either it's all magic is a secret and everyone works really hard to keep it a secret, or magic is all out there mm-hmm. and it has been forever. This takes a different look at what happens to the world if all of a sudden the magic that's been a secret forever is now known by everybody. Mm-hmm. 
what does that do to politics? What does that do to uh, relationships between countries? What does this do? How do people react to inhuman creatures? It's really, really interesting, and it's kind of scary, timely. Okay, so it kind of it, it kind of fits into today's society a little bit. I'm assuming. Yes, yes, it does. It's a couple years old. Um, but it definitely, it, you can definitely know that Jim, you, you know that Jim is very political. Um, mm-hmm. He's, he just apart from this book, you know he's very politically aware. And uh, I just, I love his writing to begin with, but this one just is leaps and bounds above anything else I've read by him. And I'm enjoying it so much. Very cool. All right. Monkey Girl. Ilana. <laughs> She's like, what? Hello. What are you reading, listening to, playing, or watching that is making your geeky little heart happy right now, Sweet Pea? Uh, a game I got for my birthday called Codename. Ooh, tell oh, me about it. It, it. Oh, is that the board game? It's like a card yeah. game, isn't it? Yeah, I've played that. That's a fun game. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. I enjoy it so much. And the best part about it is... Uh, my grandmother has a hard time playing card games and whatnot, but this is one she can play. She doesn't okay. have trouble with this one. Well, good. Well, okay. So, so is it like Magic or something? Magic the Gathering or anything it's, like that? Or I've got it. Or Flux? No. It is. No. What's the write-up on it? You put out a series of cards and that all have like one word on it, and then you got to try and figure out a one-word clue it's going to get your partner to pick the correct one. Oh, I see. Okay. And it's really interesting yep. and a lot of fun. Two rival spy masters know the secret identities of 25 agents. Their teammates knows the agents only by their code names. The teams compete to see who can make contact with all their agents first. Spy masters give one-word clues that can point to multiple words on the board. Their teammates try to guess the words of the right color while avoiding those that belong to the opposing team. And everyone wants to avoid the assassin. That type of code name? Yes. Yeah. Exactly it. Is that the the like pinkish red box or whatever? With like yellow in the middle? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've got it up on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon for fourteen eighty eight. No, just kidding. That sounds hard. <laughs> it sounds hard? Well no, it's, a, it's it, well it is hard, but it's challenging once, and fun. Once you get over like the learning curve, it's actually like pretty easy to like play and have fun with. I don't like. I mean, learning. they've got code code names Marvel. They've got code names Disney. Okay, I I've played code names Marvel, and unless you're like really into the comics and know everything about Marvel, it's kind of hard. Okay, gotcha. Then I'm out. So, mm, exploding kittens. I'm on Amazon now. Exploding so. kittens <laughs> is fun. Oh, kittens in a blender. That's also fun. Oh, oh great. And he's not talking about a game. He's just talking about a game. <laughs> if somebody's listening, no, 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 if somebody's no. listening to this podcast on on like an open, not on a headset, and then somebody else walks by and hears, "Oh, you know, blenders, kitty, kittens, kittens in a blender, blender. Are, is a lot of fun." What the hell are you doing? No, 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 I can't imagine. You have to get the kittens into either the safe box or throw your opponent's kittens into a blender. That's amazing. Okay, <laughs> so I'm glad that you got code names and you're having a really. In- good time playing yeah. it yeah tanya yes you're up i am you are 
What are you reading, listening to, playing, or watching that is making your geeky little heart happy? I am so not happy with you. What is your newest addiction, Tanya? Uh, Come on, tell the class. Uh, war crack. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, my God. Like you were at Wegmans the other day, and mm-hmm. I was playing while you were at Wegmans and having a grand old time. And everything is so much better now that I have the ability to ride a flying mount. Yes, because you can totally bypass all the monsters to get to where you want to get to where go. you want to go. Yes. So, so after 14 years, because this was the re- recently <laughs> was the 14th anniversary for World yes. of Warcraft. After 14 years of I of watching people fell. talking, about, yes, she finally got her account a few months ago, <sighs> and she would only play if I was playing with her online. And then, but now you know it's the addiction has taken hold yes. because I'm getting text messages. Oh, I hit this level. Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm in this Chris spot. Chris is oh, like, damn, your character's at a higher level than mine. Hold yeah, on, I gotta go. That's fine. I can catch up. You know, well, you've got you've got 110, it, 120. If you out level, if you out level the character I've been leveling up with you, I've got others that yes, you can catch up to along the way. So, so yes. yeah, you have you have mm-hmm. acquired the Warcraft addiction. You now call it appropriately war crack, as everybody yes. else does. I hate you. And uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to bask in that hate because well, well, it's fun for me. Well, you still have to figure out because I have WoW 1 and WoW 2 on I'm, my computer. Yeah, And I, I have to show you later because I bought Azeroth on my WoW 1 account, uh-huh. but Bloodhoof Guild whatever the is next, on The next WoW time we're 2. in front of either computer, we'll call Blizzard up and we'll get you sorted out. Yeah. All right. So... so. Not but, worried about yes, that. I just need to figure out a new headgear piece because I'm not liking the cowl version. Well, you to... can actually do a transmog and just eliminate it. Yeah, well, so that's you something. Can, you can have I it on don't your... know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, it, I've tried to explain it, but that's <laughs> yeah, just going over your head. That's fine. Yes. There's too much. To, it's the, see, that's the thing about this game is there's so many different things to yes. do. But no, one of your, your friends, whatever, said mm-hmm. something about naked gnome runs, and it just scared the heck out of me. That's, that's an like, old tradition from way back. I'm like, okay, never mind. I'm going yep. this way. Leroy hey, Jenkins. Jenkins. And and your guildmates were having a grand old time laughing at me because yes. I was like a... they they love having mm-hmm. the new blood in the in the guild. It's, it's fun yes. for them. But yeah, so that's what I hate you. Yeah, no you don't. No you don't. Billy Billy Hello, I'm going to mention a couple things. First, I uh, started watching season two of Jessica Jones. Um, I only got a couple ago. episodes in, then I haven't. I've dropped it. I have to go back to it. I have to finish I, that off. It's funny, Susan. We Susan and I were looking for something to watch and scanning through, and she enjoyed the first season as did I. So let's start the second season. Mm-hmm. And after the first episode of the su- second season, Susan decided she didn't like the main character jessica jones anymore so she bailed out okay so after she goes to bed now i watch season oh. two susan also has an issue where if, like of remembering things from that we watched a year ago like if there's a reference to something or somebody she may not remember and sort of check out so now i'm watching it and i'm really enjoying it i, I think it's an excellent dark little thriller mm-hmm. where jessica's trying to uh Figure out how she got these powers. The doctors that um, uh, experimented on her as a young girl and and tracked down those people and and I think it's it's really fascinating and good and I, I like it a lot. So I, I know I'm, I'm only a couple episodes in myself. How about has anybody else been watching season two of Jessica Jones yet? I finished it. You finished it. How'd you like it? Yes. She doesn't. <laughs> you don't even remember, do you? There's so much out there that, but yes, I. Um, this is the one where her friend is becoming addicted. Right. Yes. 
Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Her her best friend becomes addicted to whatever the super serum. The boosty thing. Uh, yeah. Huh. Okay. Spoilers. Spoilers. I yeah. just said that. I okay. Didn't, whatever. But you don't know anything else, so stop right there. Billy, what else you got? In, uh, I'm into also lately? looking forward to. I, I listen to a, a ton of podcasts, usually ones that make me laugh. Okay. Um, although sometimes so there's you sports. To us. There's <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I'm actually subscribed to uh, FC3 Monkey Business. Nice. But uh, I've got a bunch of a lot of the Kevin Smith ones, obviously. Right. But there's a new one that just started last week that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Conan O'Brien now has a podcast called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, the whole premise is, and I, I pulled me. it up here, the written, after 25 years at the late night desk, Conan realized that the only people at his holiday party are the men and women who work for him. Over the years, and despite thousands of interviews, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So he started a podcast to do just that. <laughs> Deeper, unboundingly playful, and free from FCC regulations, Conan O'Brien <laughs> Needs a Friend is a weekly opportunity for Conan to hang out with the people he enjoys most and perhaps find some real friendship along the way. That's cool. So he, t- he kind of wonders. I, I, I get the impression in the little preview. He asks, like, how come we're not friends? Is, and sometimes he gets a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> and no, and they, they learn a lot about each other and, and life moves on. So. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's a cool concept. I so like that I, idea. I'm looking forward to listening to Conan. Nice. First episode is Will Ferrell. Okay. So oh I'll skip that one. Yeah, I, I'm, it's uh, funny you say that. I'm not a fan of Will Ferrell myself. Yeah. So. Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> we, we, then there's the, the legendary Conan the Librarian. There you go. Yeah. Conan the Vegetarian oh, didn't work at all. I want to jump in. I did watch another episode of Buffy the other day. Did you? So I'm up to six episodes. Oh, look at you go. So it's only one since our last Buffy. It's, it's, <laughs> our, it's, it's only, yeah, well, only I, one more and you'll become an addict. I, I need Christmas to binge rest the, ro- yeah. the rest of them. See, a teacher needs time. Yes. I got it. Yes. But I did watch one. That one was better than the other ones that I, I actually enjoyed that one. It, mm-hmm. was, it was called The Pact for those that, The Pack, the ones with the hyenas. Oh, okay. Oh, I like the hyena one, yeah. So they, I vaguely uh, remember Xander that one. Xander was an asshole. Mm-hmm. So, but, oh, there you well. go. So that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I also bought a whole bunch of comics yesterday. Nice. <laughs> I stopped by a comic book shop yeah. yesterday for the first time in ages. So Me I got, too. That's I got a chance to I hang want. out. Yeah. Did they ask who you were? No, they know. Oh. And uh, and I picked up Fantastic Four number one finally. Oh, I I'm hearing disappointing things about. I don't know. I kind of liked really? it. Okay. I, I thought they could have done more. I mean, it's this big issue, but there's mm-hmm. like lots of little vignettes, and so the core the core Fantastic Four number one issue is like maybe a third of the actual book itself. Okay. And and I think they could have done a lot more with it. But uh, I'll you know I'll, I'll pick up two and three just to see how they yeah. they bring everybody back together again, you know it's mm-hmm. it's definitely in the MCU comic book c- continuity. It's not a new multiverse kind of a thing. They're they're mm-hmm. they're addressing how at the end of the big the last big um, plot line they kind of split up and and a lot of different things happen. So they're mm-hmm. addressing that. Um, well, I hope it's good. I'm I'm thinking so. I you know. As Maybe long as Galactus is a solid form with a big purple helmet. Not a there cloud. it is. He's not yeah, a cloud. Not a cloud. Um, I, I do. I, I wonder if it's as disappointing as people say it is. Maybe that will then flip the script on the movies because the the comic book has always been good and the movies suck. Maybe maybe the comic book will suck and the movies will be good. You, know, so. you never know. You never know. You never know. So. Mm. Um, as for me, I'm not really doing much of any. You know, I haven't been watching much of anything lately except for the news, just keeping up on, on current events. 
Um, I, I took the Thanksgiving vacation to finish doing some some painting in my house. I'm starting to hang some things up on the wall. Um, that's about it. I mean, I've been still playing Minecraft, World of Warcraft, still mm-hmm. playing uh, my, my phone games, Clash of Clans. Oh, God, I'm so bad at Clash of Clans. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, and that's that's about it. So I'm really not into anything at the moment. But I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to running out of um, things to do at my house, which is kind of nice. Then you uh, can just sit and enjoy things in your house. Exactly. And, and I'm going to start finishing the attic in the, in the springtime, I think, because I want to I have the proper game room slash Mighty Monkey boardroom kind of thing up there. So we'll see. You should try out The Witcher. I should fun. try out The Witcher? Yeah. It's, you said PC version, right? Uh, I'm using the PC version. They also have, like, um, uh, PS4. and How much uh, is it? I think it's, like... Hold on, let me look. <laughs> I think it's like ten bucks, maybe less. Is it now? Is a Steam thing, or is it? You can... I got through Steam. I got it on. They had it on sale for Polish Independence Day back okay. on the eleventh. Polish so, Independence Day was a sale. Yeah, they uh, because sixty CD... bucks. Sixty bucks. No, you're looking at uh, hun- you're oh, looking Wild at Hunt. Wild Hunt. Uh, yeah, I got the entire trilogy for like twenty bucks or something like that, um, n- excluding the DLCs for uh, Wild Hunt. Do you need a? Um... A beefy computer for it? Uh, Wild Hunt, yes. Um, okay. The first two games, now. Okay. Well, all right. So I think that's good. I think that's an episode there. Yeah. Are, are, are we set? <laughs> I think we're... Um... That's good enough. And this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, among a whole bunch of other things, and we're coming at you like a spider monkey in 2019. Uh... Like us on Facebook, love us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. Uh, so have a great day, have a great week, and we will see you all next Wednesday. Dum, dum. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah. <laughs>